we connected? We're connected. Here comes music. We're going to get this thing started. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell their rich no more. Mr. Alvin Lee and company to exit stage left here, and we'll get started this morning. Good morning. It's the Tuesday edition of the old Radio Ranch, and here we go with a board full of folks and some folks listening out there maybe on Eurofolk Radio, and there may be some people listening on Radio. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. And somebody might be listening on Radio.Global voiceradio.net bunch of you here it appears glad to have all of you on this tuesday edition the 24th is our date stamp and my name is roger sales we got paul and mark with all caps and murka and the gang all here good morning gang sorry about that rog i i muted the wrong uh, channel on the wrong mixer no i'm not <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't. I, that kind of stuff doesn't upset me. It's the other stuff that upsets me. Um, morning, so I, Roger. Good morning, Nadine. How you doing down there in Georgia? Doing, doing just fine. Thank okay. you. Well, we're sure glad to have you, sweetie, and everybody else. It's along for the ride here, and uh, I don't really have anything to start the show off with this morning except a pitiful, pitiful video that I just saw on yesterday's uh, Owen Stroyer show about a gal going to a hospital trying to get some relief from this jab, and it had video of her inside the hospital, and she was in whole body spasms. I mean, you know, like waves at a beach, her body was going through spasms like that from her feet to her head. And they said, well, we're not going to run any tests because the tests we ran already didn't show anything. I'm going to give you these pills. And, uh, hey, Merca, you know what they say, suerte, huh? So, uh, which means uh, in Spanish, good luck. Uh, pitiful. They're out on the curb of the hospital and the girl's just crying her eyes out. It's just so pitiful. Uh, these folks are getting caught and exposed, I'll tell you that. So uh, we're getting to the point where the immovable object meets the irresistible force, it appears to me. Don't know when we're going to reach that apex, but uh, we're approaching it. Um, I dialed over just to look for something to pay attention to here before the show, and uh, I stumbled into the new SGT report, which has got some attorney guy that's written a book called How to Win in Court or something. He's got two people he's interviewing, and I literally just got into it right before we came on the air. So some of you may want to look at that today and see what they're saying. The guy's going, we need to learn the rules. We know, well, we know the rules here. The rules are we're dealing with a bunch of damn slavers, and we done caught them. And uh, we don't have to pay attention to their stupid rules now because we make our own rules. God made them for us. We've moved over there and we're adhering to them. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. He wants us to know the rules to go to court. I don't want to go to court. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing of what we're doing here is to keep you out of their stupid-ass court system, you know. Uh, So, anyway, I'll watch that later, maybe trying to reach out to this guy he was uh i I did like the doctor though there uh that was talking because he was a fishing captain (laughs) 
<laughs> he used to be in Key West and run a fishing boat. So uh, anyway, and then he got interested in this, got a law degree and whatever. At least that's the story he told so far. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. Um, today's the Patriot Lunch Bunch course, and so I won't have time to watch anything this afternoon. And I would remind you guys, if you want to listen, Thursday I'm going to be on with Ron Avery over there on RBN. Uh, who's Any of y'all long-time Ron Avery listeners? No. Okay. No. What time is he on, Roger? Uh, 2 o'clock Central on RBN. And he's, a, I mean, I've heard his name over the years. Uh, Brian Howard, uh, you know, one of our better students. Brian doesn't come around, hang with us too much anymore. But Brian uh, cut his teeth on Ron Avery. Uh, Ron Avery's supposed to be a really nice guy. He's about my age and uh, has argued cases in front of the Texas Supreme Court, I think, uh, has had a lot of this court activity and stuff. And I know when men- people mentioned this to him years ago, I'd get feedback or something. Just he, They kind of blow it off or whatever. But evidently what has happened is some of our students are Ron Avery listeners, and uh, he got barraged with listeners to get me on. So this should be interesting. Evidently, he's opening his mind up to this. And uh, because he's got me scheduled this Thursday, and then the following Thursday, he's got Anna Von Wrights on there, the judge. I'd love somebody to call Linda and ask her, ask her what kind of judge she is. Last night. Well, oh, Mike, is that you? Oh, hold on. Talk, talk, yes, me. V was promoting last night. Who was? Who was Mike? Uh, v. 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 His name is V. I don't yeah, know. he's a ten o'clock show. Okay. He was promoting you on the Avery for oh, Thursday. Okay. Well, it should be a pretty good show. I've been thinking. I haven't had any communication with Ron. I've never spoken with him, and um, but I, I get that feedback about that he's a nice guy, and I think he's gotten to a point where he's ready to listen to this and. The the big problem is we've only got an hour. His show's only an hour long with breaks in it. That doesn't leave too much time to cover much here, you know, but we'll hit the high points. And then what I plan to do, if if everything goes all right, um, you know, I don't want to get in any kind of adversarial thing with anybody. Um, but if everything goes all right because we can't cover much in depth and because he's got this legal background uh i'm planning on at least at this stage inviting him over on the sunday night show uh on rbn and then we got two hours to mess with it and i can probably call off a couple of those breaks although if i do i might miss the break with cody talking about Susanna's secret <laughs> We haven't seen Cody in a while, have we? Uh, y'all know that he got the whole idea of that from this show. I don't know if y'all have ever heard him talk about that, but we were on here one day talking about thieves' oil. Merka, do you know what thieves' oil is? Yes, I do. Okay, well, some of the audience might not. Cody didn't. He'd never heard of it. Uh, thieves' oil, back in the bubonic plague days, was... Uh, the thieves would anoint themselves with this uh, substance. It was a mixture of these uh, uh, different uh, essences, and they could go in with the dead and not catch the plague. Uh, they'd cover themselves with it, and they'd keep the plague away from them. They'd go steal everything that they'd get from the dead people. 
Uh, and that's why it's called, obviously, Thieves Oil. Well, I, we were talking about that one day, and like I said, uh, Cody would never heard of it, and he got interested in it, and now they got a whole company making their own oils, him and his wife, Susanna, who's Ecuadorian, by the way. She's a very sweet gal, and uh, petroleum engineer, very bright. And uh, anyway, so good for Cody. I have to chuckle whenever I hear uh, that spot because they always play it at least once on that Sunday night show. And I have to tip. And I told this Cody to Cody personally. Actually, I wrote him a note and said, you did a real good job on that spot. Uh, Making commercials is difficult, folks. Okay, that's called in in radio. It's called production and uh, making commercials and having yourself come off like that is pretty darn difficult. Actually, I was never very good at it, Um, but uh, Cody did a real admirable job on that spot there. I thought, Uh, what was the other? There was another spot on there. Of course, I I've had a, a little bit of a personal relationship with Chris Bolton, who's uh, the guy that has easy off. You know that when pigs fly, we make, we make pigs fly uh, because he went through our our process here and asked me to help him with it, and so we gotten to know each other a little bit, and he's a real good guy. Uh, so here's two of those spots in the same break. It kind of makes me chuckle, you know. And then I guess Lynn Horowitz is running a spot over there. I've heard that the last few weeks, and I used to work with Lynn. 20 something years ago uh however many um in atlanta and it was an interesting story lynn's a real nice guy um and uh we were up in dc my my deceased friend david Strait had uh you know he was he was self-made worth a couple million bucks and uh he was pilot he had his own little little cessna not a little Cessna. He'd beefed it up a lot. But anyway, so we'd get something that'd be happening, and he'd go, well, let's fly. Let's fly over there. So I remember one time the first, I think it was the first or the second anniversary of Waco. There was a big uh, convention there in Waco, and we flew out there. Uh, and then another time we flew up to D.C. for some big confab. Uh, he'd always bring his uh, instructor along, who was also like-minded. So there'd be three of us in the plane. We'd just go hop in that Cessna and take off, you know, to parts of the country. And uh, we were up there at D.C., there in front of the Capitol in the whatever those all those fields of grass are. I forget what they call it. The mall, I think. And uh, they had a bunch of speakers, and Lynn Horowitz was one of them. His book on AIDS, Ebola and Emerging Viruses, had just come out. And I'd heard him interviewed on a couple of shows, and he was speaking. And so I walked up there to the stage and introduced myself and said, we'd love to have you at our Patriot Group in Atlanta. And he goes, I'm going to be in Atlanta promoting the book. So uh, we got to hook up, and um, in our CCG, Brent, Brent will probably remember if Brent is on with us. Um, that was the biggest meeting we ever had, okay? And uh, I, I, we met up in town, and I got him over. Uh, I'm trying to think of this guy's name, a bounce. He was a he was a, a very conservative guy there uh, in the Atlanta area. Had people knew who he was. I'll think of his name in a minute, and. Um, he had his own radio show. They bounced him out of Congress, how good he was. And um, 
he had his own radio show, Christian oriented, and I took Lynn out there and we got on the air and promoted the appearance that night. And at the place we had our meetings at that point, it was standing room only. There's 250 plus people there that night. Probably the two biggest meetings we had was that night and the night after the first Tuesday meeting after the Oklahoma City bombing. And, uh, boy, we had a full room. Every TV station in town was in the room that night. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, so Lynn and I met, and then whenever he'd be in that part of the country, I, I helped man his table, you know, and sell his books and stuff while he was talking. And so we garnered a friendship, and, um, uh, and I'd worked with him a number of times and, uh, knew his wife. I, I don't know if they're still married. Knew, he had two, two young girls back then. And, uh, so anyway, he's got something going on, and I heard his, uh, I heard his spot, and I was going to call Tom D or say, can you get me his contact info? Because I hadn't been able to get a hold of him, you know. Uh, so anyway, I hit him with this information because I was trying to explain this to him back then when we'd be driving around, you know, and I just didn't understand it enough and couldn't explain it well enough to get the message across to hardly anybody. I understood it, but nobody else did, you know, and I didn't have all the answers at that point. So uh, anyway, uh, maybe – Maybe one day we'll hook up with Lynn again. He, as I said, he's a he's a good guy, um, Jewish obviously, but a very good guy. And uh, just a few reminiscing memories here this morning. But all of that coming off spot breaks at our being on Sunday night. So uh, if uh, if things work out the way I think they probably will, um, I'll have uh, Ron over there this coming Sunday. Um, so anyway, that's about all I know. Has anybody got anything else? Uh, you know, we got into a big discussion yesterday with Caroline about men, where the men get the men, yank the men, all that. You know, problem is you can't go, you can't want something for somebody worse than they want it for themselves. Okay. And, and the men are just going to have to step forward folks i mean you can't go out and like a caveman hit him in the head with a club and drag him to the meeting you know uh that's not going to work um Roger. yes marco um caroline's waiting to jump in and i was just going to say with anna von wright's having that interview with ron it's going to get messy well it's going to be interesting because he's going to be presented initially with the simplistic way to understand this and then he's going to have her on with whatever the heck Anna Von Wrights does or teaches or anything else. I don't know. Right. Uh, I think her accent is incorrect. She's trying to form assemblies first. You, you got to get the strong people together on the same page. Then you can start forming organizations. The problem is you don't have that first step done correctly, and you start forming organizations, and now you get in, uneducated people, don't know what they're talking about, egos, all the rest of that crap starts feeding in and, and, and muddying the waters when it doesn't have to be that way. So I take the opposite thing. I don't want us to get organized until we get a bunch of strong individuals. When we do that, we're all on the same page working for the same goal. They don't know enough to be able to uh, uh, center in on one goal, seems to me. Okay. Right, and then you keep it simple, too. Well, that's the only way to get this spread is to keep it simple. And boy, have I been, I've been fighting that for many years. You guys have no idea how many hours I've put into thinking about this to be able to simplify it down to the simple way we've got to present it to people now. You'll get a, you'll get a glimpse of that on Thursday with, uh, with Ron Avery. 
So uh, anyway, Caroline, you're ready to come on. You say we got you've even got a herald now. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, guess her what? hand is up. Well, <laughs> then she needs to hit her mute. Uh, but on the men, when, I mean, look, I, I wish we had more men. It used to be that way in the early days of the Patriot community. There'd be very few females. Thirty years later, it's not that way. We're at least getting 50-50, and we may be, be edging more over with females than we are with men. I don't know. And I don't know how to coerce some, some of these soy boys, uh, you know, to uh, get, get a pair of testicles and move forward, you know. Um, I remember, I was going to mention this yesterday. I remember uh, I used to listen to Tom Valentine every night. Any of you, any of you old-timers used to listen to Tom Valentine? Got any old-timers here? No. Does anybody know who Tom Valentine was? I heard of him. Well, he was a Patriot guy. He used to have a, I forget how many hours. It seems like he was on for two or three hours a night. I think it was more than one. Anyway, he was sponsored by Liberty Lobby. Murka, you know who Liberty Lobby is? I've heard of it. Um, that is uh, back when I first got into this. Some of you will remember this. Um, there was a tabloid-type newspaper that came out every week out of D.C. called The Spotlight. You might can even find a copy of it somewhere around occasionally. And uh, what they did was they'd have uh, dealers. So you could pay just a little bit, and they'd send you, I forget how many, they'd send you every week. And so I signed up as a dealer with them, and I would uh, make sure people got the Spotlight newspaper at our weekly meetings. But uh, the Spotlight, there was a guy, what was his name? He's a little short guy. I'll think of it in a second. Um, uh, boy, doesn't that get you when you can't think of something like that? Uh, he he was a real real strong patriot, and he, uh, the remnants of the spotlight ADL got them put under finally. Uh, the remnants of Liberty Lobby's efforts is still around in a historical monthly, very nice uh, color magazine called the Barnes Review. Have y'all any of y'all familiar with the Barnes Review? Okay, wow. Uh, Barnes Review is quite a scholarly uh, publication. You, can, I'm sure they're still publishing it, and it's alt history. And you can go in there. I remember they had I had a, one of their issues that I bought an extra one and brought with me. I don't know; it's gotten lost somewhere along the way when I moved. Um, but with all the pictures of uh, inside one of the camps, Auschwitz or something, and they had you know that actually in those camps. Not all, not, I don't know about all of them, okay, but in some of them, you know, they had an orchestra, Merca. They put on plays. The, the guard, the, the inmates and the guards would actually have soccer games. They, they had their own script. They had their own script inside the concentration camp, okay? Uh, and, and so, of course, that is just a totally fabricated, uh, thing, the whole hoax, but, um, it's amazing when you go back and do get some truth on some of those camps that it wasn't anywhere near. I don't know if that's on all of them, okay, but in at least a couple of them, they were they took care of their prisoners pretty well. The reason all those folks starved is because the Allies went in and bombed all the damn rail lines, okay, in their assault on Germany. But regardless, that was uh, uh, what was his name? Boy, it was right on the tip of my tongue, Louis Carto. Carto. Does that name ring a bell with anybody? Willis. Willis Carto. Thank you. Is that Murr? 
Do you have that? Yeah. Willis Did Carto. Did the American Free Press come from that too? Pardon me? The American Free Press, I think, came from that too. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was their main thing was the spotlight. Do you remember the spotlight, Murr? Did you ever see that? I didn't see it, but I know about it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then they spun off Barnes Review. Barnes Review is still around. If those of you historically oriented, they've always got good, well-written stuff. And uh, so that's the remnants of all that. And now I forgot what I was going to say about it. Uh, anyway, they're the ones that sponsored Tom Valentine. There's a connection. And so uh, Tom Valentine one night... I was up in the mountains of Georgia. I was out listening on shortwave on my front porch. And they had this researcher from New Zealand on there. And Nestle had contracted him to do a bunch of research on soy. Now, this is probably in the mid-90s, late late 90s, I guess. And uh, he was on there, and in his research, he found this little isolate of soy that is this estrogen mimicker, okay, that's turning all these men into soy boys. And he contacted Nestle and told them about it. What do you think happened? Murr? Nothing. They defunded him. Okay. Well, yeah. And, uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, but I remember that distinctly, uh, because that's about one of the early, early indications of soy. (laughs) But, uh, Tom Valentine was very good. He had a lot of, he's the one I heard. He had Fletcher Prouty on there a couple of times. I think I heard Fletcher Prouty on there two or three times. Any of you know who Fletcher Prouty was? that name ring the bell with anybody? He was Deep Throat. Fletcher Prouty. He was one of the deep intelligence guys that started blowing the whistle on this. And then came out publicly before he died. I remember him saying one night on there that after Korea, when when we won in Korea, so that was in the 50s, right? early 50s wasn't korea in the early 50s early mid 50s yeah. mm-hmm. okay after korea was over instead of sending all of that military gear back to the u.s they put it on boats and sent it to vietnam yep next game yep so uh anyway he was, he was do what now he was a full bird colonel he was, I believe. He was. He, 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 there were a lot of people that say he was deep throat. Okay, but actually heard him a couple of times. I believe I can't remember the name of his book. He wrote a book or two that still. You, I'm sure you can find them somewhere if you want to read into that. Great American. But anyway, a lot of that stuff was on Old Tom Valentine. That was sponsored by Liberty Lobby. What happened with Liberty Lobby, if I remember, some wealthy woman died. And left them her entire inheritance, millions of dollars. And Grace Poole, I think her name was. Could be. But boy, <laughs> the ADL and them came in and tried to fight that like crazy, okay? He uh, also had them uh, stay quiet about her seeing the uh, Jacob Rubenstein duffing his hat in the, in the uh, thing where a bunch of people were making Aliyah. So that's where he, he didn't die of any fast-acting cancer. He went to Israel. 
Okay. Anyway, that's just some old history. Some old history, and what spawned all that was thinking about this were the men, and thinking about that interview with the guy from New Zealand. They've known this for a long time. See, the thing is about this: whatever the estrogen mimicker is in soy, is very easily removed. Okay, that's why you can eat tofu and soy sauce, and you don't get that influence because the process. Yes, the the process that they reach those two, uh, tofu and and soy takes that estrogen mimicker out of the process. But they knew it, and they defunded him when he tried to tell them about it. So, uh, more premeditated crap from these people, obviously. Yeah, the Japanese actually eat it for breakfast. The fermented, the uh, natto natto is, and then we get the natto kinase. So right, right. you know, being breakfast, they're eating it on an empty stomach. There's there's your K2, so you can hold on to D3 and uh, stuff from the sun. Right. And uh, I think tofu is the same thing. Uh, you know, it's kind of like this cheesy jello kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's soy. It's, yeah, tofu soy. So, um, yeah. But it's it, a doesn't, different. it doesn't have that uh, uh, Definitely an acquired taste. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sure it is. just sent me a message, Roger. Yes, she did. She's back. Oh, okay. Well, Carolyn, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? How are you? Can you hear me well enough? We hear you good this morning, Caroline. So we're just talking about your men, were the men thing from yesterday a little bit. Yeah, that quite a bit of good fruit. I'm happy to say. Okay. Yesterday, I had several different people reach out to me, and this is a good thing. So, but, you know, I was having a dinner with my husband last night. We were talking about it. He listens all day, uh, but he doesn't really get to listen to it as much as he likes. So usually in the, mo- the next day, he'll listen to the prior day's um, podcast. But we were, you know, having supper last night and, you know, it dawned on me. It's, you know, the reality is we don't have enough men. It's not even the fact that we don't have enough men that'll stand up. We're in trouble. Okay. Boy, there's a profound statement. And white men in particular. Well, you know, we just have to, I I don't know of any way to cure it. If they, these people have been affected or whatever, maybe God will touch them. I don't know. But all I know is, uh, you know, I'm going to dance with the girl that brung me. So you, you folks are the, one I, the ones that want to be taught. Those are the ones I'm going to teach, and I don't care what gender you are, okay? Sure, sure absolutely. Hey, I watched something. It was, I think, um, it was a special that Tucker Carlson had done because I get that special stuff, whatever. It's yeah, like Fox Nation. Yeah. Right. And he did something on Poland and how the family, how they're rewarding people for having families, rewarding people for was having it? kids because we built their population. And, you know, between that and just the conversation and just, you know, my all in all meditations and thoughts and looking around, seeing, you know, I came to the, you know, I, I was like, oh my gosh, we just don't have enough men, period. I mean, it's not even that the men aren't standing up. It's that we, they, it's, it's actually worked. Like this has been a long time in the making that we can oh, tell, yeah. you know, we know this. And, um, you know, so that's, that's, Right. Are you suggesting that there's a different percentage in men versus women, or are you saying that you know something to the effect of the uh, autism is has higher rates in men, and therefore you know the the availability of marriable men 
have changed or can you be more specific? Um, uh, Abram, you know, you might be more uh, up to speed on all that than myself. I, I hadn't really, you know, focused in on, on it as a specific topic that I did. I, you know, working on, except for the fact that I do defend our men. You know, I, I want them to be manly. I want them to have their God given rights and, and, and take the lead and, you know, be the husband. Um, but I hadn't really thought about it. You probably know much more about it than I do. And, uh, so I would, you know, could certainly learn from you, but I say by percentage, like percentage, it seems like we don't have the amount of men, you know. I would like we, to, uh, speak to that. Uh, you know, you. yeah, Carolyn, I, I, I think Caroline, uh, and others, I think that it's important to know how many people are actually dying from this so-called vaccines. I don't. And so, and uh, yeah. I don't know that it's gender specific, if that's what you mean. And it looks like it's an equal opportunity killer. Yes, sir. I'm talking about uh, the workforce. You know, they said people don't want to work. I think people are dying off. And, uh, and, and we have not realized the, um, yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Uh, I, I read just the other day that uh, something like 7% of all people that took just one dose had uh, severe side effects. And I don't know, you know, they didn't quantify severe, but, uh, you know, my understanding from the article was that at least they got really sick for a couple of days or, or so on, right? Uh, and uh, the CDC it is reporting. Their body. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. The NIH, I think it is uh, reported that. Uh, the side effects are rare, right? Oh, and yeah. So someone invests, right. What does rare mean? Well, rare <laughs> means 0.01 or 0.1%. So that's between one well, in 1,000 and one in 10,000. And and it's really actually 7% of people reported. And I think this is like 20,000 people were, were polled, and this is a Rasmussen poll. It, and uh, the, 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 the takeaway was 7% of the people who took it have been seriously injured or, or harmed and uh that amounts to 12 million people of, of the total population that took it something like 167 million they estimate. and i'm sure that's a big under, disability, disability right claims have skyrocketed right. oh, too yeah. i think that's a big part with employment absolutely uh you know it let's reminds see, well, me what you, just, what you just said right there abram rare okay and how nondescript that is, okay? Let me draw a parallel. Do you remember when Obama was running and what his slogan was? you remember? Hope and change. Or hope? Change. 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 There's another. And yes, we can. But oh. it was actually, thank you, Satan. He yeah. Was saying. Yeah. Well, I promise you, we've changed, haven't we? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the feminization of men. Okay, well, um, I, 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 I stay I away. F- a, stay away from soy. You know, <laughs> I don't. Well, go, go ahead. Well, I worked at a um, laser hair removal center in 2005, and men were coming in and saying that the women didn't want any hair on their bodies at all, on the men's bodies. And I'm like, whatever happened to like hairy men for who they were? Yeah, they didn't want hairy men. That was like 17 years well, ago. Well, you know, see, they've, they've done this a lot, gals, by attacking the females. You know, I remember so Alex, Alex Jones. Your favorite candidate, 
it, Roger. Do what? Oh, of course it is. I was listening to Alex years ago, I remember. You know, you get tidbits and somebody will lay something out there that might they're trying to say whatever they're trying to say, but it gives you a big piece, you know, of the puzzle. And and Alex said, you know, the, he said, I've studied the Romans a lot, and the Romans were real smart because they learned to concentrate on the women and let the women lead the men. And I thought, well, there, there's there's Mariometry right there. There's Mary right, Roger, the Catholic. Hold on, hold on. I, All right, hold on. There's Mariometry right there. And I thought, well, hell, that's exactly what's going on right now. Remember John's famous statement, uh, you know, the the old Jorge Santillana, those who don't learn their lessons from history are destined to repeat them? Well, John, my teacher, Benson, turned that around. He said, those who do learn their lessons from history can repeat it over those who don't in half the time. Yeah, Caroline? Yeah, okay. I, I want to, you know, it just dawned on me that when the woman was speaking about the hair removal, uh, who who was that? I'm sorry. I don't I don't know. Uh, it's Annie from California. Okay, hi Annie. I'm from hi. California too. Um, so when you were just speaking about the hair removal and how the you know women didn't want any hair on their men and all that, I remember when all that was taking place, and it was kind of like bizarro world for me. You know, it's like whatever. You know, let them do what they want. I guess. But you know, during this time, I I have to say this, and and it's it's horrible, but. You know, men were put in a position, I'm going to say, back in the 80s, that they had to compete with lesbianism. Like, it was, like, rampant um, on the East Coast. I noticed that difference from the West Coast to the East Coast. Like, I noticed that kind of, like, a little bit of a culture change. And it, it might not have, it, it might not have really been a change. I might not have just noticed it somewhere else. But I noticed that on the East Coast, there was um, a huge, like, you know, a uh, huge like community of lesbianism. So like the men, and I noticed the men basically knocking on the door, you know what I mean? To a degree to, to, so they were competing with lesbianism because well, the women I'm were. Nowadays, nowadays you have uh, men who are women pushing Lesbians out of uh, female spaces. Did you do you remember the article here a couple of months ago about that feminist, a liberal feminist in Norway, who wrote one sentence on one of these social media things and they threw her in jail? Do you remember what it was? Two or three years. Men, uh, she, she, a woman, a man, a man is not a woman. I mean, it's, no, it's she said like, men, you know, men can't be lesbians. Right. And they threw well, her in jail for it. Roger? Yeah. Well, oh, God. Isn't, isn't whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. Two or three people trying to talk at once. Okay. Obviously, we got a topic here. Um, I identify as a lesbian. I love women. Rush <laughs> identified as a lesbian. <laughs> Roger, what do you mean they threw her in jail? They, they do exactly what I said. Right. I mean, what happened though? I'm, I'm trying to. They took they they took great umbrage to that statement and threw her ass in jail. And and this was recent. It was in the last six or eight months. Roger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bruce. Is it who's that? Bruce or Danny or somebody starting to say something? Yeah. Bruce. 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 I'm trying to get in here. I just yeah, want y'all to know my Ken doll had no hair on him. Okay. My Ken doll from Barbie set did not have any hair on it, okay? 
But can you imagine if they added hair all over? You wouldn't know, you know, like armpit hair on your doll. <laughs> yeah, but I don't believe I don't believe my GI Joe had body hair either. <laughs> my GA my GI Joe didn't have tits. I don't know about y'all's. Well, Trigger had hair. My Trigger horse had hair. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know this. This is one this place. Is this well, this is one place where you can get some sanity, at least, you know, for, away from all of this absolute ridiculousness stuff. Well, we just jerky each other around, so it gets ridiculous. You um, know, I, 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 Caroline, see, there. I, I don't know any way to overcome the problem. You're gonna have to have the men step forward. You know, don't forget everything's got to be volunteer uh, in this world. And you just can't go out and beat them over the head and drag them into the cave, you know. I think we're at a point. Go watch that movie, The Battle for Athens, and and say, where are the men? Yeah. Well, there's a movement right now, and, and it's it's not really where the men movement, but it, it's it's you know it's uh, I would say the thin edge of the wedge is the uh, the LG, uh, the lesbians and gay and bisexual community is pushing back hard against the T community, the transgender. Yes, because, I see yeah, that. These yeah. yeah, guys are taking over, and and it's not like, you know, if if you were raised a man your whole life and you have that male instinct, even a feminized male instinct, you still have much a much greater chance of swinging your fists than the average uh, female. Well, you know, true. you might get a lot of pushback from a from a a a. a, a, a aggressive we'll, we'll say feminist woman uh, but you won't see the fists fly as quickly right and uh you know at some point i think we're they're gonna have to be practical about this and say hey we need men to, to step in and and handle these men you know that that are pushing the envelope the most uh, practical thing is to get away from the talmudia this is how they're doing it and they even brag about it first we own the money and then we have international conquest through propaganda. Okay? You know, you got Bedford Dan and uh, what's their face? Uh, the well, what we're seeing is the uh, Ouroboros of this agenda. Like, the snake is eating its tail. That's, that's, yeah, that's right. What we, do, feminist, what we do to stop feminist, it. We well, get away the, feminist, from their media. The, the aggressive feminists have to, to, you know, Carolyn, this is where Carolyn could take a strong lead and say, hey, you know what? I, I expect equal rights as everyone deserves right but at some point you know we need to defend the men and allow them their own space to step up uh you know that, that's you know it's kind of like i would equate this conversation and and you, you got to be sensitive to which side you're on you know if, if you don't have dark skin and you're using that n-word someone's going to get very upset you know someone will be sensitive to it sure. you know right or wrong it's just not fair to use these certain terms, right? And so in a similar context, I would say, you know, uh, when the women attack the men, you know, the strong ones and the ones that have seen less, I haven't seen a whole lot of pushback. I don't have any real problem with this, you know, I mean, I, I you know, but I can understand why people take strong offense to this, right? They started so, doing the homosexual things right after it the lesbian the feminism they called it all right and it's not feminist that's it's a farthest thing from being feminine as, as, as there can be you know uh yeah. gloria steinem was the other one i was thinking about but yeah. this is planned 
Of course well, she is. Ruse, feminism yeah. was a ruse to get two people to work and to get rid of the family. Yep. Yes. Well, that started even earlier. Oh, right. Right after World, World War II. Documented that. Exactly. Well, during World War II, because you had women moving into the factories, making munitions and so on. And then when the men came home and there was family and stuff, but they all, everyone already had a taste of the separation of the sexes. Even before but that, still, actually. But if still, mostly, so, it was mostly a family-oriented thing in the 50s and 60s. Oh, very yeah. much so. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Because so they, hadn't, they, they didn't had have the solution somewhere. they needed. See, see. They started this in the 20s. And in, in the 20s, you can, you can look objectively back and, and see that that's what happened. Because that's and, when they started these, these, these swing dances and these, these uh, speakeasies. And what happened is they, 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 they pushed free love and, and uh, premarital sex. And there was a huge explosion in babies and they hadn't passed the abortion laws and they didn't have birth control yet. And That's so right. they, they, they backed off this because it caused a lot of problems. Well, and then they came back at it as soon as birth control was available, you know, short, I, I don't know if it was before or after then the, uh, the Roe versus Wade. Well, uh, before that, Abram, you got the no fault divorce in 73. No. See, uh, I thought Roe versus Wade happened in 64. It did happen in the 60s, I believe. No, I think it was 73. Actually. Well, we just, this week was the 50th, 50th anniversary of it. So you can count that back. Well, that's 72. Okay. I've always thought that the one. No fault divorce. Not Roe versus Wade, the no fault divorce. Right. 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 Okay. John Moore's big on that. Okay, um, but even earlier than that, there was a um, psychologist, a child psychologist in the twenties or something—I forget his name—that um, said that that you need to um, stay away from your children because they need to be independent. So, um, hugging and kissing and you talking um, about Doctor Spock? Yeah, spare the rod, spoil the child. Spock was in the Spock was in the fifties. I, I don't think he was. Spock. Okay, it was okay. Some, somebody before Spock. But anyhow, that, I think that created a lot of people not having See, connection. Well, oh, yeah. Abram hit on something really important, and that's the birth control pill. And I've thought about this over the years that that was a real turning point in this uh, social engineering agenda, because like you say, in the twenties, all those things were promoted too. But we we didn't have a lot of drugs in the twenties. We had alcohol and prohibition, okay, and all the speakeasies and all that kind of stuff. But the the problem with the bad publicity they got was that women that wanted to have an abortion had to do it with the old coat hanger deal, and there's a lot of women died from it, and so that kind of cast an aspersion over all that in that period. But boy, when they got the pill, buddy, it it just blew wide open, okay. Sanger even before that and she never even mentioned blacks they weren't even a concern at the time it was Catholics and Jews you know married well, people no. that were she, Sanger, Sanger called blacks weeds in the garden well yeah absolutely. that was a little, that was a little later absolutely. No, no 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 that was from day one that, so what happened with that was she used that argument she said hey you know what we need to, to give women suffrage because if we give women suffrage that will dilute the black vote you know, we're we're pushing against having allowing the the uh, the, the uh, African Americans to, to vote. So you know, if we should allow women to do it. You know, this the the number one indicator of uh, having a Planned Parenthood in a county is the percentage of African Americans in that county. That's it's cr- not about economics. Correct. It's not about 
completely about eugenics and depopulation of the uh, the the uh, they call it the colored races, all of them. You know, it's not they're they're not picky. You know, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Margaret Sanger came from a Catholic family, 11 children, and her mother died when she was young. So there again, you get the insensitivity training. She was probably the oldest and had to take care of all the rest. Yeah, I I forget where she was in the birth lineup. But But in any case, you know, they've they've gone a long way to hide this Planned Parenthood, the reality of it. Uh, You know, Bill Gates, his father, uh, William Gates Sr. uh, They're Jews. But uh, he, okay. he was he was the uh, I believe the co-founder of uh, or or instrumental back in the day as a, a leading uh, force in the uh, Planned Parenthood movement. That's true. So, you know, That's from, true. From the very beginning. Yep. And where, what 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 did Bill Gates' mother do, Abram? Uh, she was the daughter of a original fed bankster he was the guy that his her, her his grand his grandfather he worked for ibn no yeah no she, oh, his father opened the seattle fed she you know what's interesting you know what's interesting too she, she had a portrait made right but she had them lighten her skin because she's olive complected <laughs> uh, Jews, okay? she Bye. was uh she was i think the president of ibm's personal secretary <clears throat> Oh, no, she was she was on the, some uh, military council or some uh, federal, you know, White House uh, group. And she was the one that lobbied to get her son the exclusive uh, contract for, you know, Windows or whatever. Oh, yeah. Windows well, Windows has always been hooked up with IBM. Right. But but to have that that uh, operating system used in all government computers, yeah. you know, this is a plan for. You know, there's no coincidence that the you know, computer viruses and, and so on. Uh, one interesting thing, I, I think, is that the, the Y2K scare, when they, they put all these software changes in all the computers, what that really was, it, they weren't scared of it crashing. They were standardizing systems globally right. so that they could so that they could sneak and backdoor all these different systems everywhere around the world. So when, never about so, yep. so Windows can force can force updates on all of us until Paul enters the picture and then they're dead in the water. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. why this whole virus thing is so successful because it referred to Gates right away and people in their minds, okay, a virus can be everywhere at once in the computer. So it must be able to be everywhere at once in people. See how that works. Okay. The virus is a manufacturing defect and a design flaw in the software and the hardware. Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. Okay. See what we're in the middle of, too. And right now, what? TikTok and Zoom, they're Chinese companies, right? And even government, all the meetings are going through there. So China could have it recorded. So they can pull those data points out. So who else has got something to add to this Okay, well, there's somebody. Is that, I, I don't can't identify the voice. Sounds like Danny. Is it Danny? No. All right. Bruce? Hey, Bruce, you and Danny sound like. Yeah. Boy, I heard oh, a horror okay, story. I heard a horror story out of South Carolina with one of the big families down there going on. It's not like Merca or Merca, but it sounded like that. The guy was very well known from an old family in some county down there who ended up killing his son and his daughter to cover his tracks. Have you heard anything about that? 
No, I hadn't heard anything I heard about some, that. I heard no. somebody talking about it the other day. You might want to check into it. I don't know what counties. I haven't heard the news. Uh, I just found out my, my oldest daughter is getting married in, in um, September. Oh, good. Today. Congratulations. So that's a yep, she's in New York. Was she's she a f- model. Yeah. And she's going to. Huh? Hey, she yeah, must, she must have found her a real man. Well, he's a New Yorker, and uh, <laughs> okay. he's a real man. <laughs> and uh, we uh, have Hold been with each other on. for four years. Wow. We're, we're... So, um, and she's 32 years old, so she's doing the right thing, I guess. That's but good. Anyway, I'm, I'm happy for her. Well, good. Congratulations. Anyway, I was going to give you perspective on back in the 50s when I was uh, – Started to play little league. I had farm league to go through first, and sure. uh, playing you know sports. And so, um, I, my coach was from the mill village. He worked in the mill, and so we had uh, a, you know baseball park down there. And, and so we had to play down there. And so uh, the first day going out, you know, for farm league. Now this is never played baseball before. Um. Coming on the field, you know, and they said, hey, you go out there in right field. I didn't know what right field was. So he said, over there in the, in the field and catch balls when you come out there. So I was out there and I'm looking around, you know, and there was a girl on the first base. And I'm just sitting there looking. Well, I thought this was for guys. And, uh, they, you know, they were taking batting practice. And the good dude, the ones that had been there, you know, uh, batted first, and so he would call in people to come in and bat. And so it was her turn to bat, so she got in there and started batting and hitting balls out in the outfield. And I'm just sitting there, she's going to play with us, you know? Well, the rule was that girls could not play in the actual game, but they let her come out and practice with us, and that was her only outlet to play ball. There was okay. no softball right. or anything right. back then. Wouldn't need Title and Nine so stuff. Back she then. was better than any guy. She, she was better than any guy out there on the field. <laughs> Serious. But um, anyway, just giving you a perspective on what's what's going on. Was going on with me in a small town. I didn't know her name. She went to a little, another grammar school um, in in uh, Abbey. We had three three schools, and um, I didn't even know her name until later on. But um, anyway. That was my first experience with a, a girl playing, you know, ball with us guys, you know, and she was better than any of us, batting and catching, and she played first base. Okay. So there you go, women. Well, speaking of South Carolina, I can't help but add here, they're grooming Nikki Haley to run for president. Yeah, I knew that when she started out with uh, getting the uh, governorship two times in a row. Right. She's nothing but a you know. No, she's just a Zionist horse. She's a Zionist horse, what she is. No. <clears throat> she's more than that. Okay. Well she, I can't she, she was with I can't know, hang a bad ear the whole time she was at the uh, UN. Right. I can't hang a worse label on her than that, so I don't know if she's worse well, than that. I mean, uh, she's bad news, that's for sure. So uh where else can oh, we go time. where else can we go this morning, kids? Hey Roger? Yes. We got any hey, new students? Jay. We got well there might be one there. Who is it? No, this is Jay from LA. We've spoken a few times. Hey Jay. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that um something I always found interesting in, in if you look at the book of Acts in the Bible in um chapter thirteen, 
when the when the early church was really growing and Paul was really uh, thriving, there's an interesting. I think it's um, I think it's verse fifty. It says the Jews, in order to stop him, what they did was they riled up the influential women of the city. <laughs> that was their choice. And if you notice, that's what they do now. Of course, they're, they're using all women to find. They're taking your rights away. They they want to take your your body away from you. That's the same plan they've been doing all these years. They yeah. rile up women because I think they react more emotionally a, a lot of times. Now, well, that, now that's a lot. There's really true there because women are wired different than men. I, I doubt if anybody will disagree with that statement. And women are much more emotional because of family and children and the uh, the protective instinct, and that's one of the they strongest instincts. Two, two or three times as many um, uh, like emotional re, uh, receptors in the brain. So right, it's, it's biological. And they go in there and they warp the women using emotion. I'm the perfect example. I was sitting there watching this. I saw this live on television years ago when Clinton was running for his second term. Okay. They had, remember all this, where's the music interlude coming from, please? Thank you. Hang on, let me, let me find it. Okay, I think it's gone. Somebody finally conscientiously hit the mute. When Clinton was yeah, running well, for his second term. I want to identify. I want to identify who the people that are not conscious of muting, so they can be kicked out. Okay, so be on be on your toes. Paul is on the warpath here. Uh, so Clinton's running for office a second time around, and you know what? The first contest is always the Iowa caucus, right? Still today, and so uh, he was running against old Bob Dole. Remember, old Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole, and. Uh, Obviously, Clinton won hands down. And after the uh, after the caucus was over, and Clinton was being interviewed, and he's up there crying. I've always wanted to win the Iowa caucus since I was a little boy. And somebody did some research. Hell, the, the Iowa caucus started when he was in his twenties. Okay, but here he is, right there, doing all that crying to press all those soccer moms' buttons. Oh, Edna, look—he's wanted to win that since he's a little boy. That's how it works, right there. So, did you mute everybody, Paul? Hey, there, Roger. There's someone. There's Marka. Hey, I have a question. You jumped on a little bit after on the after show and we were talking about or um, Daryl was giving a history lesson and Barkley came in and we started talking about court versus country. And it painted a really good picture of what's going on now with common law, given rights versus merchant law. And with the research that we were doing, the um, delegates of the Constitution was in the past, the history, and now they're representatives in this Constitution. So I'm wondering if you know anything about court and court and country. I'm I I I have no idea, honestly. This no. is like England, and I I think it was Scotland. Don't I? I got no knowledge of what you're talking about. 
important. These these have court. That's what they used to use before, and it was country against the court. Okay. Again, I have no idea what you're talking about. I must have gotten off for that. If I stay on those after-hours things, it just shoots. My whole afternoon's gone. So I consciously, not that I don't like jacking with you guys, but uh, for me, I I, I need to take off. I get sucked into that, and all of a sudden it's 3 or 4 o'clock, and my afternoon's gone, you know. I know that feeling. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, anyway, no, I don't know anything about what you – anybody got anything to add on or observations on what Mark is talking about? Mark, did you – were you privy I have something, Roger, I wanted to get in there. All right. Well, come on in. Roger? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, – this is not – this is sort of germane to the whole big picture, but – I don't know if you know who John Moore is. I know I know I've heard Murr call in before uh, the John Moore show, but he actually had a good guest today. Really? And this guest said that Netanyahu wants to make Israel a religious Talmudic state. It already is. Well, it'd be more official is what this guy was saying. This guy was a, a Jew, too. He said he was Sephardic. It was real interesting. About the only time I've ever heard the John Moore show where they started really getting into drilling down into some of this stuff. Yeah, well, I refuse and, uh, to listen to him because so he's a Zionist. Zion. That, that might be something. To, I, I refuse to listen to him because he's a Zionist. I refuse to listen to him because he's a Zionist. I don't listen to those people, okay? Yeah, they already built the third temple. Okay, third I just thought I'd throw that in there. Well, I mean, hell, hold on, Abram. Let's just dwell on this for a second. Zionism is a political movement. Judaism is a religious movement. Israel is Zionist. Period. They ostracize the Orthodox Jews there. When they're over there humping the Wailing Wall, they throw bags of human feces at them. Okay. So, Abram, what were you going to add there? That uh, I believe that they've already completed the third temple on the Temple Mount, or well, that's not on Temple Mount. There's a, a mosque there, but uh, uh, interestingly enough, one of the coins—I think it's a—you uh, have to have a, a silver coin to uh, for admission, and uh, it's got Trump on it. <laughs> yeah, of course, because uh, Jared Kushner—they got it built. He's the Moshiach, or they thought he was. So, anyway, that's a whole different tune. But uh, Israel's always been Zionist because it was politically formed. They just used the Jews as a cover, okay? They hide behind them just like a bully in the schoolyard goes and kicks you in the shins and then goes and hides behind mama's skirt. That's exactly what they're doing. Damn bunch of pagan bastards. So, uh, anyway, my, that's I don't I I, ref, I don't listen to Zionist people. I, John Moore may be great, but I ain't gonna listen to him. He wants to cowtail and buy. If he's bought the farm that bad, I ain't gonna spend my time listening to the guy. Okay, you can do what you want. Uh, so where else can we go? Any new students? I was just wondering if that was the reason that the Jews in the United States don't. Um, don't really um, 
favor the Israelites. Well, mo- when, when, when they tried to found this thing through the middle of last century, more than 50% of the Jews in the country in the U.S. didn't want anything to do with Israel. This has been forced by these Satanists. Okay. However, one of the things uh, they, they, they weren't allowing, uh, allegedly, Jewish refugees after World War II because they wanted them to go to uh, well, Israel. Well, they, not- they wouldn't let them in the U.S. Roosevelt barred them from getting in the U.S. They wanted them all to go to Israel. You know, there's people that say that there ought to be a statue to Adolf Hitler in Tel Aviv. He's the one that built Israel. <laughs> Did you all know, like, I guess today, um, Poland is asking Germany for their older tanks and blah, 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 blah. But I was discussing when my husband came home from lunch, we were discussing, you know, what's going on overseas, the war. And um, he says that he, and I agree with him, this whole thing that's going on, you know, overseas looks very much like repeating. It looks very much like the Hitler. Um, oh, well, they always use the same tactics. I mean, how did they, How you know, I hear, I hear people say, well, Hitler indiscriminately attacked Poland. Well, that's a bunch of crap, folks. Okay. It's a bunch of crap. Okay, they reset that boundary well, with, on. hold on a second, please. They reset that boundary <laughs> with pay with, Poland at Versailles and they gave Poland a bunch of German land and there were Germans living there they also and I think the port is Rotterdam and they isolated Rotterdam they let Germany keep the port but they isolated it with no way to get to and from the court uh, the port with this land change and the Poles were literally massacring men women and German children and at the the one that really broke the camel's back, they killed like ten thousand ten thousand Germans over a weekend or something. Just butchered them. That's why Hitler invaded Poland. So, but do you remember? You know, I don't remember because I wasn't there. But I remember from you know being taught, learning, whatever that you know back in the day they had Hitler on Time Magazine, and you know he oh, was he's a great th- guy. Two or three times, he was a man of the year two or three times on Time Magazine. So, um, but it certainly looks like they're setting up Zelensky well, for the. They're doing exactly the same thing. They all. This is something I've learned. They always do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because it when worked. All well, chaos. hold on. Let me finish, Caroline. Because it worked. Okay. Now <laughs> analyze that. This is their Achilles' heel. They're predictable. Yes. You know, Roger. It's, it might be worth mentioning that this is actually their plan B. Uh, Kazakhstan was their original uh, New World Order uh, home. And if you go and look at the capital of Kazakhstan, you'll see incredible buildings. They, they're pyramids everywhere, all these towers. Uh, and it's, it's very Masonic, very occult. And uh, the, the people of Kazakhstan rose up and literally kicked them out, killed the police, no. killed the uh, government officials, ran them out of town on horseback. Like hold it, old hold West it, style. Hold it, hold it. You're missing. You're missing a big piece of the paper. It wasn't the people at Kazakhstan that rose up? It was the Rus that came down and broke that kingdom up. This is why your innate hatred of Russia comes from. Well, what I mean is, this happened in yep. 2021. 
or, or the beginning of 2022, where, where oh, they wow. had this new world order capital built oh, just yeah. recently. Oh, oh, you're talking yeah, about and, Kazakhstan. And, and, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. Kazari, uh, Kazakhstan. Okay, I'm getting them confused. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw some videos but of that. Ethnic, Same thing. Ethnic Kazaria is Ukraine. You it's know. the Khazars. The Khazars. Yep. Yes, exactly. But yep. uh, Kazakhstan is not, you know... Uh, if if you don't know if you don't know about the Khazars and that history, you don't understand the Ukraine today, folks. Because this this right. goes all the that's way back a thousand right. years or more with this adversary, this hate, this hate for them for the Russians and all that all comes from that right there. And so, so when yep. when you hear about the Poles did this to Germany or whatever, well, the Poles they might be in Poland. You just never know exactly who did it, right? But the people who were the Khazars were pushed out of Khazaria, that empire, by the Rus, uh, the Rus, and also by the the Persians. And right, and, so that's where the hatred from uh, and, Iran comes from, right? And how did and so, Pol- uh, how did Poland get so uh, 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 so confused? So because they're the diaspora, all of the the exiles from this Khazarian empire were forced into Western Europe, and they spread all over. There was a king, there was a Polish king that sympathized with the Jews and invited all the Jews of Europe to Poland. That's what Uh, happened. Roger. Yes. Roger. Yes. Yes, yes. This this is Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, I've spoke spoke briefly the other afternoon to the group about a book that one of our fellow – compatriots uh, authored our sovereignty and the weeds in our garden and Daniel Fish wrote it it's a very good quick read and uh, it gives this history as it relates to the Kansarians and to the papacy oh yeah and I find it very important and I think you would find most of it you're already aware of but those who are not aware of this history it's a brief synopsis and i think it's very accurate well wow danny uh, danny uh, checked in with us not danny from tennessee danny fish checked in with us uh, yesterday for a brief moment hadn't heard too much out of him miss you buddy but i know you're probably listening so uh, of course good. i'm listening roger i'm good. listening always hey dan yeah. Hey, Joe, thank you so much. I don't like tooting my own horn. I just, uh, but I, that's the, well, if anybody's giving it, me a read of their, that, that's awesome to hear someone's opinion on it. Thank you. You know, if well, I had the time, uh, I'd I, actually do an audio book of that. If wow. I had, if I had the time. Uh, you've already, <laughs> already sent me did. a copy of it. I do have it. Yeah. So. Do you, well, you want to give Daniel, us your, you have the voice for it, so you can do your audio. Dan would do, yeah, Dan, do it yourself, he, Daniel. You would, you'd be great with your voice there, buddy. Well, I'm you not wanna, doing the voice. You don't you want to read it. <laughs> you want to read it. Okay. Well, you want to give us a thumbnail of it? Well, it starts. There's one thing I would change now, okay? And I start in the Garden of Eden, and I put a lot of noodling on. Uh, how did the world get so wicked so fast? Like in um, uh, Genesis 6. It talked about the giants and everything was screwed up, and we had to start from scratch in six chapters. I mean, boy, we don't even have a book written yet. But uh, so I, I talked about um, what I really believed because I was getting uh, some other Bible teachers tell me this stuff, and I I, I I bought it, and that was that Satan had sex with Eve in the garden. Well, that didn't happen. Okay, 
Uh, but I really felt it did. And so that's the one thing I've changed. But other, other than that, I'm going to give you a one over. So basically, I start in the garden. And I, and I go through all the major events of, uh, of Cain and how Cain murdered and how he was marked and how that's created a whole seed bloodline, okay? Because in the, in, in the Satanic Bible, which I haven't read, but I know it's in there, is um, all these people, all these royals say they come from the line of Cain, okay? And so... Um, How's that apply to our world is that Jesus was had to have a pure bloodline and Satan was trying to destroy the bloodlines forever. And it got down to one man and they flooded the world. And it was it was Noah. OK. And um, so it continued. And then um, I go into what happened after that. OK. And and how did all this form? How did things get so nasty and ugly today? OK. And and so I go through. um I weave the tribe of Dan, which people don't know there was 13 tribes. There's actually 13 tribes. Um, there's 13 a lot of things, but people don't know that. That's actually God's number, but they stole it. Uh, but but the Dan Dan tribe uh, were pirates, and they, they traveled the Mediterranean Sea. They had a flag real long, you know, on those old on ships. There were those very top flags real long, and it had a serpent, okay? And that was their, besides the eagle was one of their, was one God gave them. But they had a serpent. And they were uh, given the land of um, Israel. They had the northernmost property of Israel. And every tribe was supposed to go into their land and conquer and subdue the enemy. Okay, in other words, get rid of them, not intermarry them. Well, good old Dan. I'm sure other tribes did, did a bit more, but not as much as Dan. Dan totally intermarried. And he, beca- they became that were the Sumerians, which were um, the descendants of Cain. Okay, doing all this Baal worship and all this stuff, and so they intermarried with them, and then they were bringing it around all the coastal areas of, of the Mediterranean. Okay, and then they shot up about a hundred years before Christ. They shot up to um, the Caucasus. How about that? And uh, they were very significant that to they to create the Khazarian situation. And there's a lot of misinformation. Well, the Khazarians aren't Jews. Yeah, most of them aren't true Jews. Uh, or they are They are Jews, but that's the issue. They, uh, no, they're not. No, they're, they're, well, ter- they're, 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 not big... they're not Israelis. They're not. No, not, no, no. No, they're, no, they're not. They're, they're, uh, Khazarians, my understanding, Dan, is that they were a, uh, a group of Turkish mongrel people left over from Genghis Khan and all, well, all that correct. stuff that that's happened. Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. But they injected uh, their their ways in there. Okay, so they had a so, big influence of bringing Satanism through do, Europe. Do you know okay? how that? Do you know how that happened? Let's just clarify some of these fine points. It's important. Okay, they originally tr- because all the trade routes run through Ukraine. You're still hearing that talked about today. Okay, and so they would prey on both Christian and any caravans that were bringing trade through the territory, and demanded ten percent of the value of their caravan. And if they didn't give them the ten percent, they'd kill them and take everything. Okay, name stealers. Hold on, all right, all right. I know about the name stealers, and so 
uh, at some point, whoever was the king of Khazaria thought that the kingdom was getting totally out of control and needed some religion, and he didn't want to go and turn them into Christians or Muslims because that was the majority of their trade, and they'd have to give concessions. He had a Sephardic Jew as his court advisor, and they converted the entire kingdom over to Judaism. Okay, now this is important. This is where Yiddish comes from. Okay, because the Khazarians read left to right, but if you'll notice, in Orthodox Jews, Sephardic Jews, they read right to left. You know, right. with the little pointer when they've got the kid unrolling the scrolls, and he's got yep. the little pointer. They read right to left, and I was I was read or something that that's where Yiddish came from. Is Hebrew read backwards? Now, when the Rus came down and broke up that kingdom, all of those uh, now Ashkenazi Jews, not Sephardic moved down into Eastern Europe. That's where the proliferation of that came from, and all the international bankers are, are Ashkenazi Jews. That's my, my knowledge and, of it. And, and, right. I, and I, agree with that. I agree with that. But there was some I, blood in there. It's not just absolutely pure, okay? But what I, I add one, one detail that's relevant to this is that you had two empires that sandwiched the Khazarian Empire. You had the Persians also. So this yeah, is the root talk, of their... Can I talk right. about that? That's, wait, 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 I'm giving they, you a, they were hang on, choice. Let me give my overview, please. Okay. Yeah. The overview, and, and here's where I, I would defer a little bit, Roger, is that they were forced into it. What happened right. was the Khazarians would go after the early kingdoms of Europe. And, yes. you, you know, and, and they would, it would be just regular as, as a bank default. <laughs> and they'd go in there and they'd steal, everybody would run into the, the castle, but they weren't. They weren't. Uh, most of the castles were wood. Okay, they weren't. They weren't the big powerful castle we know today. And uh, Russia and Persia, the kings of those uh, the, those areas, decided, hey, we got to put a stop to this. And they said, they said to the king of Khazaria, we need to talk with you. And so they sat uh, sat down. Now the king of Khazaria was this total full on black magic witchcraft, baby killing, eating, and all the stuff that's going on today. That's what he was. Okay. And so they they didn't they didn't want to listen to him, but they had to. They were forced to, to listen, and they were offered three the religions. From what my research is, they they were offered three different choices. One was Christian, which wasn't Christian; it was Catholic, um, and the other was Jewish, and the other was uh, Muslim. And they chose Jewish. Um, and and you're right about the influence of that because of it was already had a bunch of witchcraft in it, you know. So so that's so, what they chose, and they. I would, I would I would suggest though that uh, because it's a Eastern Christian uh, group, because the Russians in the Orthodox, East, uh, it would be Orthodox, right? And, well, and, back, and in those, well, back in those days, there was no difference. I don't I don't think that they the Constantinople had been sacked where they took all that stuff up to Russia and founded the Orthodox Church at that point. Not yet. Yeah. Well, the 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 break of the Orthodox Church was around four hundred, and they were all Catholic, and there was a matter of. Uh, an argument, but to uh, the, uh, the papal fight again, which there was throughout history, there's tons of wars over being who's going to be pope. Well, they decided, okay, we're just going to split and create another. And so you had two kind of Catholic religions, and you know they're right. they're, they're basically uh, and know, one was east and one was west, right? Exactly. But anyway, it goes on from there, and it talks about um, where we're at today. You know, what's how how did how did religion get um, infiltrated by this whole mess and 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 then also the secret societies and where they came out and 
the one area I had the least information to dig into was the dark ages. And that's my, that's my thing right now. I really want to get anything. If anybody has anything on the dark ages, uh, books that people wrote, man, I want, I'm, I'm just so hungry to get to that. And so I know that the, the Jesuits came up around uh, the time of, uh, Martin, of Luther. Uh, Martin Luther, right about 20 years later. And, then there was also that I found out later. I mean, there's so many pieces you get after you write a book. I mean, it's just life, right? But there were there were hidden the Franciscans, the Dominicans. There's different orders of of Catholicism that was doing the work of what eventually the Jesuits became doing. So there was it was always it was just underground. We didn't know who they were. And once once again, it was a lot of the dark age information. It's hard to dig up. But anyway, what I was trying to um, justice poses. Two things were, I was parallel things were going on. One was the governments of, of Europe and how that was developing. And the other thing was the government of the church and how it controls every institution uh, of religion in the world. Okay. And so that, that's kind of a once over and how that affects, how that affects is those people that are going to church and what they're just drinking as Kool-Aid in a sense. But anyway. That, that's pretty much it's, it. And it's, then I go, I, it's notable. I'm going to add that the guy that founded the Jesuits was a Jew, Julio. He was. Okay. He was a very, very um, crazy man. He he would make whips with put glass pieces in it and just whip himself because the whole Catholic thing you can't suffer enough because you got to get to heaven. You never know if you're going to get there. You don't know how much to suffer. So just beat the hell out of yourself, you know. And that's what. And then he got a group of guys that were just as crazy, and and they were willing to do the same stuff. And then. They surrendered. They, they got the Pope's approval and became the the army for for uh, killing for the resistance. Anybody that didn't believe the Pope was God, basically. Right. Iglesias Loyola. Yeah, yeah. Iglesias Loyola. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you another question. This, this is something I've pondered a couple of times. You know, Weishaupt, another Jew who was a Jesuit, was a defrocked Jesuit. Yes, he was. Let me ask you a question, Dan. Just how rotten a son of a bitch do you have to be to get kicked out of the Jesuits? Well, I'll throw something at you. It's not my book, but um, that the same goes for the Mormons. The same goes for the head uh, of of um, assembly of God, and the same goes for um, 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 what is the other ones that go door to door and beat you down? Um, uh, Seventh Day Adventists. No, not seven. No, no, no uh, that, that, Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. All those guys were just like that guy. They were they were kicked out. Joseph Smith was kicked out of 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 uh, the masonry. <laughs> How bad you got to be to get kicked out and start your own thing? But same thing. You know, all the way down in Argentina, man, they'd have uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses coming to your door. Yeah, yeah, they're insane. Uh, but they're taught the same thing. They're they can't get to heaven unless they do that stuff. Yeah. You know? And then so, they they'd come. To, they came to my door a couple of times and found out I didn't speak Spanish, so they. Sp- Put an English speaking on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the, the thing about South America, which people don't realize: they're all papal states. Oh, absolutely. Every single one of them. And I was just talking last night with um, Paul and Alan, and it, I, I, I noodled on. Oh my God! I never thought about how serious this border uh, thing is that they're just letting these guys up from these countries and who knows where else, but I mean, I'm just focused all over the world. Uh, I told you, did you hear the story I had last week about the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago here? 
I'm at, sure I did. I don't know what well, it is. Well, the, the little place where I stayed for six months is called Hotel Alalo. Alalo is the big extinct volcano here behind us. And uh, it's a little kind of a efficiency type place. I stayed there for six months. Well, we put uh, our Canadian friends that had that bad accident the first day in town where he screwed up his hip and his shoulder. We ended up putting them over there. And so they were telling us this story. On and the room that I stayed in there for six months had a, they had two rooms by Jordanians. Do you remember me telling this? Jordanians, yeah. and then they got rid of one of the rooms, and they were all staying in the big room. And they'd sit outside and smoke and all this stuff, but they said they acted really weird. Okay, and they always had a guy out there like a sentry, always looking around, not doing anything, just looking, looking, looking. And in the little bit of conversation they engaged in them with, uh, the the Canadians were really freaked out about them. They they had their their shields up, if you will, and uh, but they said that the guy said, "Oh, we're Jordanians. We're on our way to Tennessee." And as they were telling us that story, Jack overheard it, and Jack came over there and started taking down all the information. He's going to call somebody at the embassy, like the embassy and behind it eventually. But uh, anyway, that happened right here, and they were Jordanians, about six or eight of them, all young men, no women, all uh, uh, very paranoid, and on their way to Tennessee. Well, what's really interesting in regards to the Catholic thing is that by the way, I just read over 1,100 pages of books, and one was 550 pages on just Catholicism. I mean, I have enough Catholicism, I'm about ready to puke it all out. I've had them playing. But anyway, uh, the point of these people coming up, I mean, I realize they're taking away jobs, this and that, and who knows wherever. I don't know. I don't know where they're going. But all I do know this is that once they get enough of these really uneducated people that will uh, pledge allegiance to the Pope, it's over. In our, it's, it's well, actually, our country is over. Our country is dead. And over. Well, I, mean, it's, I, it's, I, I've maintained, I've maintained that's the way it is already. They, they, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. one overshoot already though, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is, I agree the, with that. these people down here in South America, and I've been here for almost 15 years. Okay. They're very, very, very family oriented. Yeah. And that's going to backfire on these people with all this anti family stuff. Okay. Right, but the problem is, as long as they can get the support of the Pope in a country, the Pope owns that country. That's the problem. And the Pope don't play fair. Um, This is the weirdest time. Bergoglio? Hell, he's a damn Jesuit. He's the first Jesuit Pope in the history of the Catholic Church. Yeah, and it might be the last one. Well, might be. Very well might be. Okay. Did you see, I mentioned this the other day on the air, I I don't know if any of y'all saw this. I don't know how much press it got up there, but we saw it down here. After Bergoglio was appointed Pope, he came over and did a South American tour. Okay. I I don't remember if he came to Argentina or not, but he came and toured a bunch of the countries down here. And at that point, the guy that was the president of Moral- of uh, Bolivia was a guy, I think his name's Morales, and he was an indigenous Indian, and they had elected him and kicked uh, – kick the corporations out you know i don't think he's there anymore i think they ousted him but evo morales the cia came in they wanted the lithium yeah, there that's right and so uh the pope went to bolivia 
and Morales presented him with and it big both of them smiling big picture of a crucifix formed into a hammer and a sickle. Did you ever see that picture, Dan? Yeah, I have. That's creepy. And they're both smiling just ear to ear, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there's some really crazy stuff. Well, now this Morales, we you know right now we got a bunch of stuff going on south of us in Peru. They're having this battle in Peru right now with the CIA's strong arm female president favoring corporations and the indigenous people are rising up. Uh, they shot five of them the other day. Yeah, it hadn't hardly made any news that I've seen. Okay, but they. Yeah, oh, hold on, man. Let me finish. So the indigenous people are the old Inca Incas in in those yep. mountains, and yep. they span their their culture spans between Peru and Bolivia, and so Morales, being of that ilk, was trying to come to Peru, and this new president of Peru banned Morales Morales from entering the country. Now, who was wanting to add something? Me. Okay, me. Okay, Joe. Uh, Part of what's led up to that, in my opinion, and I'm not well versed on this, but uh, I've had done some reading where Pope Benedict, who resigned, yes, ten years ago or so. I think he just died. I think he just died in the last couple of weeks. Ninety-five. Did. Well. Knights of Malta helped him step down. Go ahead, Some some of the reading I've been doing says that he resigned under duress and was basically a captive of the Vatican. That's what I've heard, too. Because he went nowhere. He went nowhere after his resignation. Right. No, they were. And we know Francis, the communistic. Uh, bent that he's on uh, well that's what comment I had to make which leads up to what's going on in South America and migrates north to uh, to us and of course Bregolio his name's Bregolio I think right Papa uh, he was a he was a big uh, Catholic in Buenos Aires and the yep. word was down there that he was the one that sold out all the protesters wouldn't doubt it. Uh, and I don't know if y'all, well, I heard stories about this when I was down there. One of the guys I knew was just, at, you know, a, of young age and got into the military at that point and was at least peripherally confronted with some of that stuff. But they would go and get all these protesters and take them to a naval base, some naval facility there in Buenos Aires by the tens, tens of thousands, okay? And they would take them out, put them in a C-130, handcuff them, take them out over the Atlantic, and push them out the back at 20,000 feet. Ooh. Wow. Okay. This, 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 was, this all came – this was Operation Condor. And this was a Kissinger deal. came out of the uh, uh, University of Chicago – Okay, and it was a plague down here. They took uh, Argentina. They did the same thing with Pinochet over in Chile. All that was this Operation Condor stuff. Hey, Roger. My understanding with uh, Pope Ratzinger was that uh, there was a defrocked Anglican priest, and uh, he in Canada. His name is Kevin Annett, 
And uh, he was the first one to be defrocked without a trial, I believe. And basically what happened was he was exposing the fact that there were these ritual child sacrifices in uh, these uh, these schools in, in, of, of Native Americans in uh, uh, indigenous, uh, Canada. Ca- uh, indigenous yep. ca- Canadians, the Indians yep. in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, they indicted in a uh, common law court, uh, Cardinal or uh, the Pope Ratzinger, the Queen of England, and I believe one other person. And Car- what ended up happening? I don't think it was Pope Ratzinger. I think it was Cardinal oh, yeah. Ratzinger, and he just died too. Yeah, but I didn't know his Pope name. So, uh, Benedict. Benedict, thank you. Uh, and what ended up happening was uh, uh, Spain notified the uh, the uh, Catholic Church that if uh, Pope Benedict was to uh, step foot on Spanish soil, that they would arrest him. And they couldn't have that, you know, because this guy they basically found him guilty. And so rather than have him be arrested, they uh, basically cloistered him and uh, had another pope. And so that this is the cover-up from that. Well, you know, this is one, that name you just brought up, Ratzinger, is important, okay? And this was the thing for me because I had met Tupper Saucy and I'd read his book, Rulers of Evil. Dan, have you read that? Yeah, I remember I gave her a book report on it. Okay. So I, I, I knew that and it, I always figured it was the Jews, and when Tupper's information came in there, it confused me, and I had to noodle on it for a while. And I'm sitting there watching some news story or something one day. Do you know who ran the Council on Foreign Relations? Ratzinger. And the assistant... And one of his assistants was the next in line running the Council on Foreign Relations, folks. The Catholic Church is is the one behind the scenes here. It's my feeling. Always have been. They're the ones that were behind Hitler. Yep. Yep. Going back to going back to Peru. Hey Brent. Hey, going back to Peru real quick. Where's Alberto Fujimori when we need him? I have I don't know who he is, much less where he is. <laughs> uh, he was a president of Peru of Japanese oh, extraction. I, think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I had always wondered how do the Japanese know Spanish and everything. Right. And going back to '81 when I was on Okinawa. A lot of Spanish or a lot of uh, Japanese were around in Central and South America. Yeah, yeah. And his family took root there and stuff, and he went head up against the Sendero Luminoso down there. I see. Well, I, I, I've got no experience with Peru except uh, the exchange in planes in the airport there in Lima. Uh, but it's an interesting country for sure. Hey, Brent, I was in Okinawa in 81. Where Although I wasn't, uh, oh no, shit. <laughs> yeah, I was young. I was uh, uh, probably five years old. Oh, oh. Okay. well, you didn't run. <laughs> you didn't run across Big Brent over there, being a big no. I didn't, unfortunately, we were. My, my father was state was at uh, station at Toy Station. Hey, Brent, in the army, but we were we were on Kadena. I uh, I had a personal consult the other night with a Marine, twenty year Marine. Uh, it has an IT business out in Southern California, sick to death California, and is thinking about moving to Henderson, Nevada. And I told him for some reason, I said, well, if you get over there, I got a good, good Marine to plug in with over there. Oh, okay. So, That's cool. Yep. 
He's a nice guy, real nice guy. He's one of the John B. Wells listeners that heard oh. me on John B. all those months ago. Well, it's good to know someone converted out of that. Man. Yeah, amen. amen. <laughs> Thank well, you, Dan. <laughs> I've never been such a bunch of crazy people uh, as a group of listeners in my life. I, I mean, now, the board. I, I, you know, the thing that amazes me to, to this day the biggest response I've had from any interview that I can ever remember doing, yes, sir. Sarah Westall. I'm one of them. Paul's one of Roger. them. We came in from that. Doug says that there, there's more people. He's just getting to know the information first. What now, Mirka? From John B. Wells. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. I that mean, there may be well, you know, I haven't even gotten through. With. I haven't even gotten through the whole presentation with Wells yet. He doesn't know. I hadn't covered the passport. We hadn't covered the affidavit. We had never, never talked about any of that. Well, maybe his students can encourage him. Well, I hope so. Or his his anyway. followers. Well, you know, listen, this this information, you throw it out there and it resonates with you or it doesn't. It might sit with you for a while and you react, but it's just the most amazing thing to me. And that's why I don't go try and beat people up anymore. Put it in front of them. If they don't respond, then go on the next one. Isn't it the truth? God. Yeah, absolutely it's the like- truth. Like you're so hard headed, you don't even have an orifice to stick a seed in. <laughs> hey, Roger, yes, that sir. guy, uh, you can um, you can give him my phone number and have him text me, yeah. and uh, that way I'll know who he is and we'll talk. Okay, well, I'm, I'll probably hear again from him. He's a real good guy. He's a uh, um, plays guitar at a church there somewhere in Southern California, and he said the church has fourteen thousand members. And, uh, so he's been taking some of the key people in the church and feeding them this information. And he said, I'm, I'm real surprised at the positive comments I've gotten back. So, you know, we're getting to a stage where people, even though they might have been closed minded to this before, it's getting so bad that they're really, they'll look for any answer now. Okay. <laughs> where it wasn't that way before. Roger, before, before we, um, stop here, just, I just wanted to let everybody know. You invited me to want my book got published to talk about it, which I never did. But since we're talking about it, I did the best way to get it is through me, and I'll personally autograph it and write you a little note in it, um, if that matters. <laughs> but anyway, um, I have my address, and if you want to send it to me, and I'll send you a book, and that's the best way to get it for me. I don't get paid by all these other platforms, they, don't, they, 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 they steal my money, they don't no. give me my money. No, yes, absolutely. Amazon and and uh, the other one. What's the the bookstore? Well, yeah. Hey, guess what, Dan's better than having your webmaster steal the money. It's better well, than having you know your what? webmaster take and put the damn book on Amazon and take all the money. That's what I went through early on here. Well, what's pretty sad, Roger, is I had to republish it twice, and the experience I had with publishers is I'm conclude they're all, all a bunch of thieves. They, they never deliver. They always overpromise. And anyway, I. I'm done with it. I'm Dan, like, ah. have you thought about putting it on the book patch? Um, no, I haven't. You ought to put it, go look in the book patch and put it on there. And then I remember just... back in the time that I tried to get a hold of them, they wouldn't answer. They were so busy. No, they're so busy. I, you know, I know the background on that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I know you do. 
Um, you know who owns that? I, I, this is yeah. I, this is irony, iron, irony of ironies here. Because yeah. I didn't set this up. The guy that was doing a lot of this for me set this up and found we're looking for a self-publishing place, and we went ahead and signed up and did all that. And it was only later when we found out the owner is Victor Ostrovsky. <laughs> Victor Ostrovsky is the Canadian Jew that went and moved over to Israel and got involved in the. Uh, he was a line officer in the Mossad. Okay. And, oh, my God. oh, yeah. And he wrote a couple of books back in the 90s, one called By Way of Deception, you know, the motto of the Mossad. By way of deception, we shall make war. And the other one, second one, was called the other side of deception, I think. And, man, the Jew, the, the Jew community wouldn't give those books any publicity, okay? <laughs> and he got so disgusted that he started his own damn book publishing company. So I've talked to him on the phone a couple of times. He's a nice guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wonder, wonder he was allowed to live. Well, it yeah. is kind of unusual that they allowed him to live. But I remember in the conversation, I said, "Will you come on the radio show?" He said, "Sure." I said, "Can we talk about the Mossad?" And he goes, "No, we can't talk about that." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember then another comment. It was when Joe Lieberman was a senator, and Joe Lieberman's name came up, and his comment was, "I hate that son of a bitch." <laughs> I remember that distinctly. But anyway, that's who owns the book patch, and you ought to go check in with them. Just put your book on there. Then all you got to do is just promote that. Dan's address he put in the uh, chat room in Jitsi, and it's in the rogersales.chatango, too. Okay, good enough. If you want Dan's book, you can contact him there. Brent, you were trying to say something? Yeah, in the first part of the um, um, By Way of Deception, uh, if you want to learn tradecraft, basic tradecraft, read that read that part of the book. He goes into in it, that book how they set Qaddafi up, okay, yep. and how they took uh, they took a homing device and smuggled it in through one of those little two man submarines and put somebody out on the beach and the the homing device was rolled up in a carpet and that's how they targeted Qaddafi. So, interesting book. Um, so, where else can we go this morning here? A little time we got left. Dan, you got uh, Hello. I just want to say they stole that from Sun Tzu. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, they steal everything. So, uh, by way of deception, we shall make war. That's classic Sun Tzu. Who is the female that's trying to say something? Uh, this is John. Uh, hey, I have John. a question for uh, Daniel and Roger. Are y'all saying that the... Ashkenazi Jews control the Catholic papacy, or the Catholic papacy controls the Ashkenazi Jews? I well, think I'll that the uh, – go ahead, Dan. I'll add my two cents when you're finished. Not not from the very beginning, uh, but but very shortly after, What? how you how you controlled the Catholic Church is you became pope. How you, create, how you controlled all the kings of Europe was that you became pope. So um, I think someone was sharing yesterday, I think it was uh, D.W. Um, was talking about the Medici family. Right. The Medici, the Medi- Medici they're, they're also called. Go ahead. Okay. Um, of course, I, I'll butcher any name you give me, so I'm good at that. But anyway, um, uh, it was, this family was Jewish. And so there was. if you go through the popes, it was so wicked. These guys were so wicked. They were wicked beyond wicked. Right. Anything your imagination could ever imagine. Right. And all they had to do is have enough money to buy it. And if that didn't work, 
then they would fight wars. In one 10-year period, they had uh, three wars where the Pope changed um, seats three times between these families that were fighting. That were actually fighting war over it, okay? Right. So it's hard. Once once you get to that point, it's hard to – how do you take them apart from each other? I mean, it's just another one of these merges of garbage that goes on from pure evilness. To, to have total power of the earth. That's what they thought. That's what they were getting. Okay. And don't forget the Borgias. No. Well, here's, yeah. here's the background yeah. I know. Does the name Marco Polo ring a bell? Yep. Okay. He was the one that explored China and made Italy the center point of the world between trade from east and west. That's where these big banking families grew out of, in Venice, Florence, and some of the other capitals. The Medici was one of them. There's some other ones. I don't know the names of the families. They had such great influence. Okay, whatever it is. They had so much influence, they would dictate who was the Pope, okay? So you were saying the Pope. Well, let me tell you what. Who controls the Pope? The money. The people that control the Vatican Bank. And the Rothschilds have been controlled the Vatican Bank since, I think, the seven, yeah, eight, the 17 or 1800s. 1823. But listen, the Catholic Church from the beginning was Simon Magus, not Simon Peter. That's in, eight, in uh, Acts 8.24, and there's a statue to him there. You know, and they didn't even believe in Peter until years later. That was all made up later. Okay? Yeah, I'm talking about Simon Magus, though. Yeah, okay. well, I don't know about him. I just know they didn't even believe oh. Peter. The Pope thing didn't even become big deal till later, you know? Well, I'm just saying he was a Jew, and that's where the Catholic Church started, all right? Well, this you can't you can't separate the Jew out of the Catholic. I mean, it's Amen. all it's, just like you said. Right? Well, I mean, yeah. the Pope, oh, Papa went to Israel here a while back. Down there, he's up in the Arabs and messing with the Arabs. He's over in Israel. It's oh, all let me one add world, one world one world domination. This has been their plan from day one. Well, you know, let's just go back to the founding of the Illuminati, seventeen seventy six. Okay. They got together up there outside of Frankfurt, Weishaupt, uh, Rothschild, yep. and whoever else. I think the other one was Jacob Frank. Okay, Jacob Frank was the progenitor of Sabbateanism at that point. He'd retired, left Constantinople, and moved up outside of Frankfurt. In that time frame, I'm positive he was he was uh, uh, associated with the founding of the Illuminati. Okay, at that point in time. How many central banks were there in the world? I don't think there was any. No, there's probably a couple in Europe. But that's my point. No, no, there was. There was, yeah. Okay, that's my point. London, after 1666 fire. Right, okay. There was a couple of central banks in Europe, right? Yes. There was a Catholic church in every city of the world. Yes, yes. And the Jesuits controlled it. So which which foundation you think they wanted to build on? You got it. Well, and from remember, my take, from my take on on the, on um, what the, the bankers was what that found Rothschilds, okay. And this I'm I'm I'm, I'm watching a series now. It's really good. I'll post it um, maybe tomorrow. But it's a series of little eight twenty minute segments, and there's about 11, 12 of them, and. Every anybody that you know, in other words, anybody that's public, anybody that we know is not the one controlling it. The Rothschilds don't; they're just puppets. They're, if they don't do what they're told, they get in trouble. There's there's 
puppet strings of people we have no clue who they are. That's probably have, true, Dan. And I believe yeah. it's I believe it's the black pope who no one even knows about. And I do talk about that in my book, the black pope. And oh, you can look him up. The, he's on uh, yeah, YouTube. You up. Oh yeah, you can look him up. You can look up anything I did. It's all researchable. Okay, but the point is is that it's 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 in the deep dark crevices of well, it's like Obama said. Wouldn't, isn't it imaginative? Can you imagine I could just stay in my jammies all day and stay in my my, right. in my bedroom and then and then and, and just run the whole damn thing? Well, who do you think? What do you think's going on? That's exactly the model. We don't know. Well, we we can do some more homework and find out. But I totally believe it's the black pope. Call it Catholic. Call it Jew. Call it whatever. It's a mess. It's Satanism. It's full, pure, evil wickedness. Uh, so, Dan, and, you think we're going to raid Obama's house to see if there's classified documents in there too? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, let me ask you. Uh, do you think we're ever going to um, hang Fauci? It's the same answer, you know. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I hope so. Except that well, you're yeah, not we getting it. Well, well that it. ain't justice because all you're doing is is hanging us a point man. There's yeah, people exactly. behind the scenes it's you want to exactly, get. Roger. Exactly. You want to get up exactly. on the rope. Exactly. Hanging the point man as a start at least. Well, I don't disagree with that. But uh-huh. but I, now listen, I'm going to I'm going to bring forth this idea this Canadian gal gave me a couple of months ago and I keep thinking about it, okay? We don't just hang them. You hang their children first, then you hang their spouse, then you hang them. That sends a message right there, folks. You know, I'm sorry to say that because that's not my nature, but they're the ones that have dictated the remedy here. It's the only thing they understand. Oh, absolutely. Good idea. Here, here. Yep. I'll yeah. tell you one thing. I would not be want to be someone uh, holding on to a rope around that moment. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to justice. Well, probably Re- not. Remember also that uh, during the time of the Medici and the Borgias, Machiavelli wrote his oh, thing. Yeah, the prince. And he was one of these oh, ruling think- bank families, Machiavelli. He came out of one. I don't know Venice or Florence, which one, but he came out of one of those two places, I guarantee you. Yep. Well, what's interesting is after Venice lost his power, guess where it went? Went straight to, or straight to the Dutch. Right. And if you want to see a picture of a bunch of Jews, remember the old Dutch master's cigar box? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's your bankers. Okay. And where did that come from? That came from the Spanish Inquisition when they all had to convert or get out of the country, and they either went up to Amsterdam or they followed Columbus over into the New World. And do you know that the day Columbus set sail was the last day before they became indictable? The it last had to be day. out by midnight. He set sail at eleven. Right. Okay. No, I didn't know. Roger, that. I don't oh, half his half his crew were Jews. Columbus was a closet Jew too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, who was trying to say something? Roger, I don't think your method. I don't think your method of hanging will work with these people. 
they're mindless. They don't care about anybody else except themselves and their That's power. That's right. But when they, they see their when they see their Satanist cohorts start to go through that, you're you're going to put the fear of Satan into them. I'm not going to say the fear of God. But I don't think they I don't think they can get there. They don't care well, about nobody. I, that's the only way I know. To, well, uh, that you know, we can't catch all of them. We got to send an example to these bastards this time. Okay. Hey, evil with evil, and Zarko was Columbus' real name. What? Let's change uh, Columbus's little ditty, uh, the thing about 1492. In the year 1492, Columbus sailed with a bunch of Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brent, such oh, levity. Brent. And, and what they did now, what they did when they got to South America, is they changed their name to Names of Flowers. In 1492, Columbus escaped with a bunch of Jews. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Do, do what so how are you going to put that into your rhyme? Columbus was a Jew from Portugal, Cuba, that's Portugal. Right. Cool. They have a, they have a statue to him there. Yeah. And they brag about this. Jews brag about this. Of course. <laughs> of course. They got their hubris, you know. Well, who were the merchants of old? Who were well, the shippers? Who They're are the merchants? Well, you know, I, when you were talking earlier, I was going to about the tribe of Dan going up to Kazarian stuff. The, the They became, according to Eustace Mullins, and from the historical research, I think, I think he's right. They became what's called the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians yep. were the traders covers that, pretty well. that had all of those ports around the Mediterranean, yes, including sir. Carthage, where they had child sacrifice. That's, That's what the Romans and the Hannibal and the, the Carthaginians went up against uh, Italy. This was the big battle over Carthage, and they were Phoenicians, and that's who Eustace Mullins says the Jews were, and it makes perfect sense because they are the merchants of the earth. That's the tribe of Dan. Right. And wherever Dan went to Europe, you see his name, the Danube, the Danes, uh, Edenboro, and on and on and on. Right. Okay? He left. His, he, he pissed. He pissed on the fire hydrant everywhere he found one. You know. <laughs> yeah, hiked his leg on every one of them, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> but, Comment, please. Yes, Mister Joe, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just to lead up to another discussion, maybe tomorrow. Uh, link the Russians into this, and everyone heard the expression "beyond the pale." Yes. Yeah, that's the pales where they isolated all the Jews to. That was Ukraine. There you go. And see, we fit, we keep fighting this war even as we speak. Well, that's the war that's going on right there is the war that started right there today over exactly. there with them trying to get Putin out. There's no end to this shit. Only if we can hang the son of a bitches. And you wonder why they make history so boring so we don't get our heads together and come up with the real story like we have today. There you go. There you everything go. we've been told, everything is a lie. lie. Yep. And by I, the way, there's a series I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to put it on the board. Robbie asked for it. Her real name is Robin. Hi, Robin. But anyway, it's called The Masters and Controllers, and there's 12 parts. It's a, it's it's um, omitting 
part 10 and the little 20 minute segments that she builds and you go in order and it's really, uh, you'll be, you'll be shocked at some of the stuff she's tell, saying. It's stuff that I kind of always thought, but I don't know that this is true. I don't know that any of it's true. So let me just say that. And, you know, but, but, but I do know is that if you have a platform to get information out and you're going to conferences and you're getting rich off of these conferences in the last two and a half years, you might not be who you, 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 <laughs> not, you may be something other than what we think you are, you know? Uh, Dan, can you drop me a, drop me a link to those episodes? I'd like to watch that. Yeah, I absolutely will. In fact, I was thinking of you, Roger. I was thinking, man, I'll send it to you. Um, because I knew you'd love it. But, and once again, I'd like to, like, I like to talk about it because man, this woman, she, she says, I'm really scared to even let this out. And who knows long as how long it's going to be up because once again, they don't want this stuff up. Or, or is she one of them? <laughs> I mean, I, everything I listen to now, I, I, everybody, SGT report, you're talking about him. There's no way he can be on that platform still if he's not. What they do is they keep doing what they're doing, but they won't put all the truth out there, just like Fox, okay? So they, they seem like they're good people. They're fulfilling a thing, but they can't stay there. There's no way they can stay there. That platform's owned by the system, okay? Don't know Controlled the opposition is, is yeah. the term. Yeah, they're owned by it. Okay, so I just I just set that in. Um, I'm going to send it right now. It's a bit shoot thing. Um, and, and, and Roger, yeah, I will send it to you. Okay. okay appreciate so, it. Oh, 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 oh. I put the article about Zarco. It's from Renegade Tribune and you need to read all the links underneath. So, yeah. um, you know, I'll, I'll send that to you too, Roger. It's pretty interesting. Okay. Oh, great. Uh, all right. At the end of the show here, got a couple of minutes. Anybody got anything like in our normal venue that you'd like to ask about here? We marginalized well, I'd like you. to share something on the normal side. You know, I've been trying to fight this. This uh, Well, first of all, getting my um, passport. And so I got a, I got a call oh, back. Oh, yeah. From you, went to the, you went to the your local representative Senator, there. Senator Crapo. And a friend of mine goes, that's not how you say it, but let's stick with that name. <laughs> so, so anyway, the, Julie from Crapo's office called and she said, I called them and they said, we, they sent me a letter and, and I never say anything back in. Well, I did. So I, one note is always make sure you get a return receipt request, to, uh, you know, the green tag. But anyway, or whatever it is. Um, so anyway, um, I said, no, no, I got the letter I wrote him. I got the letter I sent to them. So please get that for me. And she says, no, no, no. They said they can only be citizens. I said, they're lying through their teeth. I'm, I'm part of a group that knows what they're doing. If people get their card in two weeks with the change of status. And so I'm saying I'm, I'm ticked. I'm, and, I'm, I'm, and anyway, so I sent her the stuff today. She called me yesterday. But there's one other thing I want to share about. The low deal, okay? Um, in my state which I know it doesn't even matter in some states. I know in Oklahoma you pay like some ridiculous, stupid amount of money. I mean, nothing for property taxes. So I, I could, I could um, petition for tax relief, okay? I petitioned, and immediately after I gave them the information, she did, went to the computer and, blah, 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 and printed me out this pink slip saying, you only owe $100 a year now. Okay, well, that's... Uh... That's huge. That's that's South American territory right there. Yeah, well, that sounds like Oklahoma, well, actually Oklahoma does better than that. But anyway, wow. I have an update on the green card. You have an update on what? 
on the uh, uh, green return receipt. So mine, it's been over a month, and my return receipt has never arrived. Well, and you, but what I did was I, I just I just got it, and what I did was I was just able to reach out to my post office and bring my proof that I was the one that sent it, and then they uh, sent me a PDF of it. Okay. I sent mine August 30, and I never got one. Hey, sometimes, you know, the mail processes huge amounts of mail. Sometimes those things just being a single sheet will slip into a magazine or get confused in the other mail and it doesn't yeah. get delivered. So, but uh, I did get the green card from the New Jersey court system, so that's cool. All right. Good enough. You can go to you can go to the UPS store and send it. You know, registered mail. You get a receipt. No, no, no. Don't UPS. send. No, no. Don't send it registered mail. Don't send anything. I mean, excuse me. Certified. 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 You get a receipt that has the mailing date, everything on it that what you sent them on the receipt. It's a. It's a. You don't have to have the green card back in. That's your proof right there. Well, again, in our system, when you put it in the system, it's considered received, just like the IRS does. Yes, that's right. Okay. If you really want proof, you go to your post your post office and say, "I want a copy." Is they go in the computer and get your copy because they have it. So, I had half of mine that I sent out didn't have the card returned, Dan, and they gave me a copy of everything. The rep, the person at the representative's office, told you they'd spoken with the passport office, and they said they only issue passports to u.s citizens yeah but i sent a letter uh i sent a letter saying no in section whatever never it says da, 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 you know all that so i sent it i sent a letter oh hell right on the passport it says passports are only issued to u.s citizens slash nationals right on yeah, the passport exactly. exactly so no there i got them i got them in the short hairs i mean if i want to take them to court it's it time to present them my uh, bill for everything they're doing to me a million dollars just to talk to me and or whatever. <laughs> I'd re I'd resend that rebuttal lever. This is a copy of what I sent you. Date it, verify it, and shoot it back to him again. I've never well, I'm seen. Doing, I'm doing it through. I'm doing it through. I'm doing it through. Uh, Julie's going to okay. be my middleman. Fantastic. Now you can't say you didn't do it. Well, I've never seen anybody that rebutted that bluff letter that didn't get their documents. So I did. I, I rebutted it. And the, and well, I, the, 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 that's what blows my mind. You know, it's all right. I'm cool. I'm not. Like, oh, my God, I don't have my card. I don't really care. I mean, I do care, but I'm you, a national. You got a cold affidavit in on top of the passport yeah, app, cold, right? I got a cold affidavit. I'm yeah. a national. What Sorry, did you son. get? Did Mrs. Robinson send you a letter? Oh, yeah, I got that one later. Oh, well, there's confirmation. They got it right there. Right. No, I, I'm a national. No, no one can tell me I'm not a national. You knew there I you became go. a national when I decided to be one. That's right. My affidavit's hot. <laughs> Well, we're hot, too. We're just about hot out of time, and I'm going to cut off the server, and we're going to see you uh, for the day and see what goes on tomorrow, and thanks for listening. Hope you got something out of today. Ciao, ciao.